At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We are off and running on a Thursday night. That gentleman right there may or may not have won a Super Bowl. I don't know, but it's not Sean King. He's on a little vacation. Mr. Reynolds in the house rocking the threads from Augusta National. What's up, Wes? I'm not a Super Bowl champion, but I am a Masters winner, Tim. Yeah, it certainly looks that way. I am not a Masters winner. I'm hoping that maybe I will have bet on a Masters winner. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a lot to get to. Man, what a big day. We had the Masters. Tiger Woods was, I mean, I know he's not leading, but he was, Incredible. Uh, we've got opening day going on. The Bucks just beat the Boston Celtics to take over the two seed in the Eastern Conference. And uh, I went to a sports book today and they had college football lines up. So I got really excited. So, Wes, there's a lot going on, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, we end one season. We end Monday night with college basketball, but uh, no rest for the wicked. Baseball opening day. About to get into the NBA playoffs, NHL reaching the final stretch. Obviously, Masters going on, so a lot to get to. All right. Uh, I want to get to the most pressing question of all. We have the Nationals-Mets game on right here. Uh, the Mets have taken a 2-0 lead in the top of the fifth. I bet under 71 wins for the Nationals. They are my team, Wes, mm-hmm. but they are rebuilding. Is that an emotional hedge, or is this because you think it is? I good? truly think they will be under 71 wins. I think they stink, but they're rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Sean called me a hater. I feel like you'll sympathize with me. You, you've. Would you ever bet against Indiana and uh, a win total or bet against them? Of course. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm not an idiot. I mean, look at how the football program has gone for <laughs> the better part of 30 years at Indiana. So absolutely, I would. You uh, want them to win. Yes. But sometimes it's uh, you got to bet, bet but, with your but, head, but, but not your heart. In, you're in the Big Ten East and you got Ohio State, Michigan and Penn State. It's like your ceiling might be fourth in that division. So there you go. I just, I just needed some clarity. Uh, I would think for the most part, you know, Sean, you know, he kind of skews things. He thinks that people were on his side. I think for the most part, people are on my side. People are mm-hmm. like, you got to bet with your head, not your heart. And, uh, yeah, I just I know not a lot about them. And uh, they're losing, by the way. Their starting pitcher, Patrick Corbin, to get out of the fifth inning. So, there you go. Uh, any baseball bets we're sweating out tonight? You got anything? Uh, well, right now, not as much of a sweat, though. I did take the Reds on the run line at plus one and a half. And, look, that's my team. And I'm not very high on them this year because uh, they did a little selling off. Uh, would love for them to change ownership. Would love Bob Castellini to just sell the team and get somebody that wants to win. Because they kind of went for it two years ago, Tim. And then, you know, got to that play-in play game against the Braves and then couldn't hit. And then they really haven't gone for it. If you look, they sold off Suarez and Winker. They're now in Seattle. They've made a lot of changes. The pitching staff, not very good. But so far, so good. Tyler Malley on the hill tonight, 6-1. to one, There though. we go. Uh, Reds just hit a three-run home run. So 6-1, uh, to one, bottom of the six. See if that one and a half holds up. Yeah, we've had uh, 
Not a lot of, uh, not a ton of runs, but that uh, that Reds and Braves game may go over. That was a total that closed eight, eight and a half, depending on where you grabbed it. Uh, the Nats and uh, Mets, two nothing, headed to the bottom of the fifth. Uh, that total was at nine. Uh, Cubs and Brewers, this thing closed nine, opened ten and a half. So depending on where you got it, you might have gotten under there. And uh, the Royals and Indians, Royals winning, Indians uh, only uh, mustering one run. So uh, an under there as well. So we'll get to some baseball throughout the day. Uh, mentioned NBA, Kurt Heelan will join the show. Uh, I've got some uh, more NFL. There was another mock draft that came out today from Peter Schrager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I would compare this mock to something that Bruce Feldman put out earlier this week. More of reporting and uh, not m- so much you know, breakdown of the players. So we'll talk about that and another uh, quarterback question and another bet that I fired away on. But let's start with the Masters and let's start with Tiger Woods. And you talk to anyone in town, any odds maker, Chris Andrews will be on the show a little bit later. Uh, they were terrified uh, by today's performance. Mm-hmm. Now, does he have a chance to win, Wes? I'll leave that to you. I wouldn't say so, but, you know, here's the breakdown for those of you watching on vcin.com. Three birdies, a couple bogeys, uh, seven fairways, nine greens in regulation. Shot a one under today. And, I mean, this is a dude who hasn't played competitive golf, you know, outside of what, playing with his son right. uh, back in December in, you know, almost 18 months. And he's out there with this performance. So what did you make of today's performance, Wes? And moving forward, would you want to fade Tiger or – Follow. Well, what's your thought process moving forward with Tiger? Yeah, I actually had no bets involving Tiger Woods because I go back to what Scott Van Pelt said on our Long Shots program that we did Great on interview, Tuesday. By the way. Thank you very much. Uh, Scott, very gracious with his time down there with Andy North and Curtis Strange and everybody to cover the Masters and Butler Cabin. And, you know, when we asked Scott that question, he gave the I don't know. Right. And sometimes I don't know is a good answer because you want to be certain if you're if you're going to give something out or give an opinion. But I didn't know either what was going to be the deal with Tiger. Now, I'm kind of having buyer's remorse not playing him in that big price against that matchup with Patrick Reed because Patrick Reed, you know, he didn't balloon today. But if you look at Patrick Reed and you look at his numbers coming in, he was like almost dead last in the field for strokes gained off the tee near the bottom of approach coming into the field. So I thought maybe Tiger can get him. But one under, I think, was uh, all things considered a pretty good round. And we'll go by the numbers here with Tiger. Out of 90 players, because Paul Casey withdrew this morning, out of 90 players, Strokes gained putting, Tiger was 13th in the field, gained a little over two strokes on the greens today, was 35th out of 90 for strokes gained around the green, and that's usually like your chipping, Mm -hmm. your short pitches when you're short of a green in regulation, so that's what gets monitored there. His irons, though, were fantastic, plus 1.7. That was 11th in the field today, and that's what really carried his game. But when you go further inside the numbers, you see the weakness is off the tee. He is not the bomber that he used to be. He is 46 years old and off a near-fatal car accident. So that's not surprising. But 79th out of 90 players for strokes gained off the tee, minus 1.32 strokes. And then if you commingle all that, tee to green, 0.74. So about three-quarters of a stroke uh, gained tee to green. That was 38th out of 90. So a good round for Tiger. But we'll see tomorrow. You know, he's, he's going to be swelling. He's, you know, he said at the media availability after the round, a lot of ice is in order yeah. for me. So he is going to be – and he's going to have some extra time because now he's in the afternoon flight for his tea time tomorrow. So looking at the weather, and look, it can change momentarily down there at Augusta, but it's going to be a consistent wind all day for round two on Friday. 
but it is going to be a little less early, and that's how it usually is. It's usually less windy right in the morning than it is in the heart of the afternoon. So you're looking 12, 13 miles an hour in the morning and for the better part of that round. And then in the afternoon, you're going to get maybe 17, 18, 19. So he is in the windier conditions for the second round. All right. A couple, um, and, and and once again, you know, if you don't have a play on it, but uh, a couple props that I saw that posted for the second round regarding Tiger. Uh, so he shot a 71 today. Uh, par is 72, tied for 10th. You mentioned it'll be the windier portion of the day. Caesars posted, I don't know if the line has shifted. This was uh, about an hour ago when I was driving in. Caesars posted his round to be 73 mm-hmm. juiced to the under at minus 120 even par to the over once again juice might have shifted i'm not sure based off of what you saw today based off of the numbers that you read off and the weather conditions would you lean over or under 73 not par? gonna bet it but right. small lean to the over look and and the not gonna bet it is because i have the same fear of the bookmakers do because it's like Man, what if this guy just does it? I know. I mean, because we saw that in 2019. It was like, okay, this guy didn't have a chance to win. You got all these studs loaded at the top. You got DJ. You got Brooks. You got Tony Finau. You had Molinari, who at the time was the defending open champion, the holder of the Claret Jug. You had all these guys, Cantlay, Rom, all these guys up at the top. And somehow, some way, he found a way to win. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But I would very slightly lean to the over 73 just for the fact of, how sore is he going to be at the right. end of that round? You get into that late afternoon and you're one of the final groups out there and it's like, it's going to get a little chilly. It's going to be windier in the afternoon. And also, is the putter going to fire like it did today? 13th in the field out of 90 players is very impressive. So these greens are super fast and the speeds vary depending on which hole. So these can roll 14 to 15 on the stip meter. So you've really got to have the speed judged and he clearly did today. But it can change. That's that's the thing about golf betting. The biggest variance is going to be putting. More often than not, ball striking is going to stay true. If you've been good on approach, you're going to stay good on approach uh, other than like an extreme case. Or you're going to be good off the tee or you're not going to be good off the tee. But the putting has the most variance. So I worry that that's going to come back to earth a little bit. But the iron play absolutely was impressive. DraftKings uh, just posted a prop for the second round. So a second round matchup now. Uh, both shot uh, one under today, both T10. Tony Finau, minus 135. Woods, plus 115. Would lean a little bit Finau. And Finau is actually one of uh, the guys that I had, and I got him at a longer price in the uh, mid-70s range. I know he closed about 50-something yeah. here at Circa Sports. But I was just taking him on a number, basically, because I thought, okay, this guy's not in very good form, but he was 30 to one, 33 to one. So you're getting him double the price and he's got three top tens and four appearances at Augusta. So uh, Tony Finau, where he be now, he'd be on the second page of the leaderboard. Uh, By the way, that Chris Vernon update down in Memphis, superb as always when he does the... uh, Nothing's going on at Augusta. Have you ever seen that? Video? I have not. You, 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 I will retweet it. You should see it. But would lean Tony Finau. I like the way Tony played. Uh, uh, got in at one under uh, birdies, a couple birdies in the final few holes. So got it into red figures. I like the way Tony played today. And I don't want to mush anyone. Well, maybe I do because I actually took Tiger to miss the cut at plus money. Uh, it ended up going off uh, as a favorite. And got to feel pretty good if you have a Tiger to make the cut plus money bet. But mm-hmm. You never know with the yeah. wind. And- Especially if you got it at 160, 165, 170 before he was kind of like, yeah, I think I'm going to play. And then all of a sudden you saw that take a nosedive and it was barely even money, I, I think, pro- on the close. I probably should have bet off of it, but uh, 
You know, I, I stayed true here, and uh, Tiger was was really impressive today, as were some other golfers. We'll get to the updated odds. Is there any bets that you should be looking at heading into tomorrow or for the rest of the Masters? We'll talk some NBA bottom of the hour as well. Wes sitting in for Mr. King tonight. It's the nightcap on Visa. Nicotine pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke-free and spit-free and are made with food-grade ingredients. Simply open the child-resistant lid and place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zin is available in 10 varieties and two strengths, three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction and six milligrams for even more nicotine enjoyment. Simple and discreet. You can enjoy Zen anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zen. Visit Zen.com, that's Z-Y-N.com, to learn more and to find Zen nicotine pouches near you. Zen nicotine pouches are for adults 21 and over. Currently used tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We got opening day across Major League Baseball. A couple cancellations, a couple... I guess slight surprises. The Cubs raised the W. They got the uh, got the win against the Milwaukee Brewers. Relative decent favorite to win the NL Central, five to four. Uh, Corbin Burns, I believe I saw. He started last year, mm-hmm. fifty-eight strikeouts before a walk, and this year walked the batter before a strikeout. Yes, yes. I, I don't. I, I'm trying to recall if that was actually the first batter because I saw the same thing. Yeah, it was a. Uh, the first battle Ortega <laughs> drew the walk for the Cubs. So uh, look, that's the thing. And, and what I look at with baseball is these guys that have these career years, can they duplicate right. it the very next year? Like you're thinking of the Chicago White Sox, several pitchers on that staff, Lance Lynn had a career year, Giolito, Rodon, who is now in San Francisco, but that's probably good for him to be in a pitcher spark. Yeah. So uh, that was a uh, decent you know, home dog uh, able to get plus price there. Looks like South Point had the best price in town, plus 165. If you uh, trusted in the Cubbies, uh, another home dog. Slider, Kansas City gets the win uh, over the Cleveland Guardians. Mm-hmm. Put a nickel in the uh, jar if you say Indians. Uh, the Guardians now, uh, plus one, looks like plus 111 at South Point was the best price you could get. Plus 110 here at uh at Circa. Bieber uh, gets his peaches down in Georgia, but takes his losses in Kansas City. <laughs> I need to do more shows with you, Wes. <laughs> this is great. Tell me about Chris Vernon, dude from The Ringer, uh, talking about the Masters. You know, it's funny. Um, it was, God, it was, I don't know, seven, seven years ago. Uh, Jimmy Patsos, who once upon a time mm-hmm. was a longtime assistant at Maryland. Then he went to Loyola of Maryland, made it to the NCAA tournament. And then went to Siena, and now is a you know a uh, analyst, and I think he does some work for Under Armour. But I had him on my show, I don't DC like six seven years ago because Gary Williams had just got inducted into right. the Hall of Fame. So I call him up, and uh, <laughs> and I'm driving home, and he's like, 
first time I've ever talked to Jimmy Patsos in my life. But anytime you ever speak to him, it's like you're best friends. He's like, Tim, let me ask you a question. He's like, I'm sitting here. It's 930. Why can't I watch the Masters? All I want to do is want to watch the Masters. I can't watch the Masters. I'm like, I, I don't know, Jimmy. Can you come on my radio show on Saturday? That's all I want to know. But uh, but now you can stream it and uh, with uh, the streaming yes. services. So we were able to watch yes. it. And uh, But, yeah, it was always so ridiculous. And I think that was the bit. I was talking about the guy from Memphis because the Masters wouldn't be on television. Right. So it's like, okay, I'm doing my show. So I'm going to give an update in a creative way. And he's wearing a green jacket, got this big gold chain, and he – Drop that beat, and you got a hip-hop beat in the background. <laughs> You've got, like, a guy in a bear suit in the background. you got several different people, so uh, make some, like, little witty comments about every player as they're updating the leaderboard because you couldn't watch a tournament. Now you can at least do that on the proper streaming. Service. All right, so your leader after 18 holes, Sunjay Im at 5-under. Cam Smith, uh, maybe a little bit of a bad beat if you had Cam Smith to to be the uh, yeah. first round leader. He made eight birdies today. <laughs> I mean, the dude <laughs> shot a four under. And if you didn't look at the scorecard or watch, you'd be like, "Wow, Cam Smith!" Because I heard you and and uh, mm -hmm. now Brady and Matt. Have, Brady and Matt have, have tickets. I was on him with those guys in Hawaii the first tournament of the year. I did not have the foresight to go ahead and bet him for the Masters before that tournament finished. If you remember, he won the season opener at Kapalua. Like 34, 34 under par, a PGA Tour all-time record. Now, that was a very easy course, by the way. You can't get in much trouble off the tee. But nevertheless, he drifted down to about, you know, mid-20s, low-20s. Then, of course, he wins the Players' Championship three or four weeks ago. And then he gets to 14-1. and one, And I'm like, you know, Smith and also Scotty Scheffler, who I was on in Phoenix earlier this year, didn't have the foresight to stick with him. You know, I'm, I guess I'm a love him and leave him type of guy, Tim, when it comes to golf futures. But <laughs> I left Scotty too early because I would have cashed a couple more tickets. But those guys were like 40 to 1 to start the year. And then they drift. And this week it's like, well, they're 12 or they're 14 to 1. It's like, I feel like you're late to the party. You don't want to be early for the funeral if those guys don't necessarily play well. But sure enough, Cameron Smith, four under, had eight birdies, two double bogeys. Scotty Scheffler, a very good round, part of that T3 group. I've got one guy in there, that being Joaquin Neiman, T3. But look, uh, what you usually see, too, in this Masters, you don't usually see players like really come off the pace. It usually is very much a front-running event. I've got a couple trends that I could point out. This from uh, my buddy Justin Ray at Justin yep. Ray Golf. 32 of the last 35 Masters winners shot par or better in round one. So I believe there were 30 guys at par or better. So you look at some of the guys that were over par, and these were all guys Tiger Woods beat right away. And this is an impressive list of names I'm going to give. Rory McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, John Rahm, Jordan Spieth, Xander Schauffele, Sam Burns, Brooks Kepka, huh. Bryson DeChambeau, Louis Oosthuizen, Justin Thomas, who was one of mine, all shot over par. Last player to come from over par after day one to win the Masters was one Tiger Woods back in 2005. Okay. Beat Chris DeMarco in, in that playoff. So it's possible the trend doesn't, isn't exactly your friend on this, but the win could be the great equalizer tomorrow. Yeah, I had, uh, I had Brooks Kepka. I know a couple other people did as well, top he, 10. He, he had a miserable day on the greens, by the way, if you're looking. and you Five look, birdie, uh, bogeys on the back nine. Yeah, and if you look, uh, like I look at the strokes gain stats, that's like, you know, blood to me, basically, in terms of a golf handicapper <laughs> on a week-to-week -week basis. And I was looking at these. 
Brooks Kepka, fourth worst in the field for strokes again putting, lost minus 2.92, almost three strokes on the greens, and that's why you shoot three over. Ball striking was okay, not great, but could have been good enough to get in the house at even par. So, uh, yeah, this is and this is another random player in terms of maybe somebody I would be looking to get in on an in play who did finish even par. That is Terrell Hatton. You talk about a widespread of numbers here. Number one in the field, strokes gain T to green, 5.16 gain. That's outstanding ball striking T to green. Strokes gain putting was dead last, 90th Oof. in this field. Like 90, like behind some of the, you know, older gentlemen that are master champions, like worse <laughs> than Sandy Lyle, yeah. like worse than Jose Maria Olathabal and some of the older guys that can come back as lifetime exempt champions of the Masters. Minus 3.35 strokes gain putting for Terrell Hatton, the uh, the uh, hot-tempered uh, Englishman Terrell Hatton, if you have watched him so, play. So to, to get to that, so Hatton sitting there at even par, you know, five back off the pace – what so what what kind of future or what kind of in play would you look to get in on Hatton? Yeah, I, I that think was the number they were offered. I think the number I've seen was in like the sixty range, okay. sixty six. Uh, I guess via DraftKings there that being updated. I think that's updated fifty five to one. So you know that's about right. That might be somebody. I would consider that's the farthest I would go. I don't know if I really want to go with these over par guys. Now, keep in mind, the wind is going to blow. And some of those names I mentioned that were over par, pretty darn good players. Uh, Rory McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, uh, uh, Xander Schauffele, John Rahm. So I guess if anybody can make a comeback, it's them. I feel like Justin Thomas, I don't I don't see that happening. Uh, he was one of my guys this week for over. By far, I think the biggest disappointment on day one at Augusta. All right. Um Getting back to Tiger, uh, I saw the Westgate Superbook posted their lines. Uh, Jeff Sherman tweeted out about, I don't know, 45 minutes ago. We'll get to you the DraftKings lines, too. Tiger's 40 to 1. Mm-hmm. After what you saw today, I, I, I still, I can't, I, I, you know, I don't even know why we're, I can't believe we're having this conversation, but here we are. He shot one under. He doesn't, he defies all logic. 40 to 1, is that still too short of a price for you? You know, probably, just yeah. because you have so many good players. Now, he does qualify in terms of this other trend from our friend Justin Ray. Each of the last 16 winners were T11 or better after round one. And who is there? I believe T10 is where one yeah. under bar is. That would be one Tiger Woods. So you don't want to say no necessarily, but I do think that the day two conditions are going to be tougher. Just, just the soreness, because you got to understand round one, first time back in a tournament and a real live PGA tour event, that being the last masters in November, 2020, the adrenaline. And I think he was just so excited to be playing in competition again, in real actual competition. And the people are with him. Look, nobody's rooting against him no. necessarily, unless no. you got money on the line, but just from a human standpoint, you're not rooting against him. And I think he fed off that crowd. I think he was smiling. He was happy to be back. But then when you get the cameras go away and you get to the hotel or whatever house you're staying at, you are sore as a, you know what here, and he's going to have to come out for the second Half of the round in the afternoon. Wind's going to be blowing tomorrow. Uh, right now, your favorite after one round is not Sunjay M. It is Cam Smith at plus 550. Dustin Johnson, who I've got a couple tickets on, sitting at 6-1. to one. That's Wes Reynolds. I'm Tim Murray. The Milwaukee Bucks, a big win tonight. What does that mean for their playoff chances? We'll talk to Kurt Heelan next. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy. Only 19 bucks are all digital. MLB Guide at vcin.com is available now. Adam Burke has futures, team preview, best bets for all 30 teams. Jason Weingartner's MLB future bets, trends, and more. Sign up today. Get full access to vcin through the start of the baseball season. We've got the Masters going on right now and the NFL draft, of course, Three weeks away. Only 19 bucks. Beeson.com slash spring. Alongside Wes Reynolds sitting in for Sean King today. I am Tim Murray and a big win tonight for the Milwaukee Bucks. Or was it? Because now they seem to have, well, they do have the inside track to the two seed, which in all likelihood would mean a showdown in the first round with the Brooklyn Nets. To talk about that and all things NBA, we t- turn to Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports at Basketball Talk on Twitter. You know, it's funny, Kurt, because uh, I do a, a radio hit every day in Milwaukee, and we were talking about tonight's game. And I said, honestly, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing if the Bucks lost this game, and then maybe they're in the three seed, and they don't have to play Brooklyn the first round. But I, I, I do have, get this feeling Milwaukee just doesn't care. They're like, bring on the Nets. We'll, we'll, we'll beat them. We're, we're not scared of Brooklyn. There may be other teams, Philadelphia, that would never want to face Brooklyn in the first round. I don't, I don't feel that with, uh, with this Milwaukee team. No, they, they've had a championship swagger all season. And by that, I mean the confidence to like, yeah, all right, whatever. It's the regular season. They treated the regular season like a championship team does. We're going to win enough games to be a top, you know, a high seed. We don't really care. Like they just haven't seen that focus. And even in games like I, tonight, it was one of those things where you, they got in the last, I mean, they closed on a nine Oh run. They like, all right, you know, we have another gear. We, we can find that other gear when we need it for short bursts. And you know, I'm not taking much away from a no Tatum type of game, right? Like, right. You, you know, it's, it's regular season, but I think that that's what makes the Bucks dangerous. They don't fear Brooklyn. They think that they're, they think they're the best team. And Somebody's going to have to prove them wrong to do it, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if anybody in the East can, but I don't think it's going to be Brooklyn because um, I don't think they could stop the three of us, guys. Kurt, probably the least talked about team in the top four of the Eastern Conference is the team that just clinched the Eastern Conference. That being the Miami Heat, they are going to be the number one seed in the East, 52 and 28, clinched officially. And you look at what they've done this year, and they've been winning without a lot of their stars. 15 and 9 without Jimmy Butler, 17 and 8 without Bam, 12 and 6 without Kyle Lowry, 9 and 6 without Tyler Hero. So that's 82 combined games from their big four players. But now they're kind of not, I guess they're still the plucky underdog in terms of the odds, but they're the number one seed. So now it's like, okay, they're the team that's got home court in the East. So they're kind of the team to beat, even though the odds makers don't agree. What do you think of the Miami Heat's uh, prospects in terms of these other teams that are getting certainly more ink right now? They're dangerous because they're versatile and they're deep, right? And look, Bam Adebayo is a, he's not going to win defensive player of the year this year, but he is that level of player when he's on and focused. Um, And they, they roll out, you know, they're going to have the sixth man of the year. They roll out this deep bench of guys uh, who can score, but they have versatility. You want to go with an all defensive lineup? We can do that. You want to go with a, a more offensive lineup? Like they can shift around that, that scheme versatility makes them dangerous. Their switchability makes them dangerous. If you're betting on the heat though, you're betting that their half court offense is better than it looked. You're betting on the bubble half court offense, which look, 
Jimmy Butler's capable of, I mean, we saw it in the bubble, right? Like he carried them in the half court for stretches. Tyler, um, Tyler Hero can for stretches, but I am, I'll tell you the thing I think I'm, and look, I love Tyler Hero and I, he's going to get my six man of the year vote. Um, if he's out on the floor at the end of the games, I have a target. Like I'm, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. We're talking once again to Kurt Heelan. Follow him on Twitter at Basketball Talk. Tomorrow night, we have a pretty big matchup. Nets and Cavaliers. Yeah. Uh, if the Nets win, they get the seven seed. And uh, you know, obviously, they would host uh, the play-in game. Now, they still have another game to, to finish out the year against Indiana. I'm curious how you think this all plays out. Uh, because l- let's say the Bucks do lock up that two seed, which seems likely with Detroit and yeah. Cleveland to close out the year. And they have the... I think they have the tie break now over the Celtics. I have to double check that. Um, but could you see the Nets kind of playing some funny business here uh, and and saying, you know, we'd rather play the Heat, maybe be on the opposite side of the bracket? How, how do you? What's your read on this Nets team right now? And and are they of the same mindset where it's like, well, let's just slay the big bad dragon, you know, in the first round? Uh, yeah, I think that they've got more of that mentality. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, they've got more of that mentality because that's just who Kevin Durant is, right? Sure. Like, I don't think they're thinking that way, even though maybe, maybe they should. I just, I just, that's not it. Plus, when you get into the play-in, you can't be messing around. Right. Like, you can't, I, like, you can't get into the play-in as the seventh seed or, or, or fall back and say, you know what? Because if you're that nine or ten and you got to win two games, that's hard. And if you get to the seven, eight game, like, you can't afford to lose it because, all right, let's say they lose to the, I guess it'll be probably be the Cavaliers, but they lose that game. You get, you could end up with Trey young in that, you know, who's in the game where you're playing for the eighth seed. He is capable of beating you. He is capable for one game. And he loves Trey loves the big stage. He is capable of one monster game. Right. And that, then that's, that'd be enough. So I think you've got to just, you've got to, you've got to be, you just got to take care of business. Like, I don't think they can afford to mess around in the play in and try to angle for something. If you're, if you're the, the 76ers or the Celtics, sure, go ahead. But I don't think you can mess around if you're in the play in. There's just, once you get into a one and done situation, guys, it's going hmm, to end up like my tournament bracket. Kurt, uh, flipping over the West here, a lot less compact than, of course, it is in the East. Phoenix has long wrapped up the West. Memphis, the number two seed. And then everything else going to be uh, decided here within the next couple days. Phoenix, 63-17. and 17, But this is the best team in the league for record-wise. But you look, and they do have a couple question marks here in terms of the big man rotation being a little thin. And in terms of yeah. the metrics, they don't really dazzle you. They don't necessarily force a lot of turnovers. They don't hit a lot of threes like a lot of these other teams. So uh, do you think the Phoenix Suns are gettable here in the West? Not really. I, I, they defend well. They don't hit a lot of threes. But what they do is have two absolute mid-range slayers. And, and they'll live with that in the, in the postseason. Um, and maybe it costs them a game because another team gets hot from there, but they're going to believe in their defense and believe that Chris Paul and Devin Booker are going to just get a ton of mid range shots and knock them down and, and make it work. Um, I just don't think anybody has, again, back to scheme versatility. I think that they can, they can go bigger, they can go smaller, but they really just trust their guys to make plays. I don't think they're, look, I don't think they're ungettable. Like the bucks could be a problem. The, theory of the Warriors could be a problem. Like if, if you genuinely believe that they can be peak Warriors, then that's a problem. Um, but 
Phoenix has set the bar and they've set it so high. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure who in the West could clear that bar. They're just, they're playing at such a high level. And the other thing that, that the number that does go in their favor, they're so good in the clutch. Yeah. They just, they don't turn the ball over. They hit their shots. They knock down their free throws. They defend well. And you know, you get in the playoffs and pretty much every game is going to be a, you know, a clutch game. They're, they're just, they've just been so good in that setting. Kurt, we got about two minutes. Uh, we have the potential, the way the Clippers are playing with uh, with Paul George return, uh, Norman yeah. Powell return yesterday as well. You know, if they win that play-in game against the T-Wolves, which, you know, they'll probably, what do you think, Wes? Do you think they're a road favorite in that game? Clippers? Yeah, I think just on experience. Yeah. It might be like one, Yeah, though. It won't so, be very big. Just, just, just small number, I would think, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a short number. So it'll be essentially, let's just say, for argument's sake, it's a pick you know, for Clippers. So they could absolutely win that game. Uh, how do you look at a Grizzlies-Clippers uh, first-round showdown? Because I do feel like this this Grizzlies team, you look at, at their you know performance against the spread, they're the best in the league. So they've been doubted pretty much all year long. John Morant should be back from all reports. If that's a 7-2 matchup, uh, how do you look at that one playing out? I, I think it's going to be a lot closer than than, than Grizzly fans would like. Yeah, just I because, agree. A, they are uh, – they're, Paul George does create half offense in the half court. And now, I mean, that is such a tight team with the Clippers, right? Like they really do know their roles. Um, and another team that has, you know, again, ask the jazz, Hey, you need us to go small to cause you problems. All right. We can do like, they just can beat you a variety of ways. Um, I'm really curious about the jazz. Look, I, I, I've doubted the Grizzlies and been wrong all season. I probably will be again. They generate so much of their, they're not a great half court team guys. They they, gen, you know, they create turnovers. They're long and athletic. They get out and run, and they're entertaining when they do because John Morant's you know, just steal Chris Paul's line from the uh, All Star Weekend. He's a trampoline, man. Like, he's just, <laughs> he's, he's, I, I could watch John Morant play. Like he just makes me stop and watch, and, and I'm enjoying it. But in a grinded out style game, which you know Ty Lue is going to call for, and they're not going to turn the ball over a lot. Um, I'm not sure they're going to be able to get out and run. I'm not sure gonna be, they're going to be able to do what they need to do. It, it, I, they're the more talented team. It'd be tight, but I think that's a tough series. Man. At Basketball Talk is where you can find Kurt on Twitter. Great stuff over at NBC Sports as always. Kurt, we appreciate it. Hey, uh, how did my Russell Westbrook for MVP vote go? <laughs> did, I, did I win that one? Not well. Not so well. It is the nightcap <laughs> here on Beeson. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Heat up your lineup with the FootJoy Tee Off Challenge. Join two free fantasy golf contests to compete for your share of 10 grand in total cash prizes while the world's best golfers off. Head to DraftKings.com slash FootJoy. Now to join the action, FootJoy, the number one shoe and glove in golf. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Alongside Wes Reynolds, winner of the 1997 Masters, I am Tim Murray. 
Uh, what would be your menu, Wes? Have you thought about that? Now yeah. that you're donning the green jacket, you know, have you thought about what you know? I have to think about it. I got to say, I was very impressed with oh. the Matsuyama's oh. menu. If you and I went to dinner on the Strip, mm. that'd probably be about four or $500 dinners uh, per person uh, with that uh, that A5 uh, Wagyu that's about 25 bucks an ounce. And I guarantee it wasn't like a little four-ounce filet that those guys were getting. I'm sure, you know, some of the bigger guys like Tiger and like BJ Singh, they were like, I want the 12-ounce right here. 25 bucks an ounce and then all the sushi and everything. So I was very impressed with Matsuyama's selection. That was a very good menu. I think Adam Scott was the king, though, about in 2013 or 2014 Champions Dinner, I should say, when he had that Australian Kobe beef, which is probably with the way food prices are today, at least in this market with the inflation, are just out of this world. <laughs> yeah, the uh, when I saw the uh, the lineup, I was like, whoa. Uh, that looks uh, pretty spectacular. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be like Bubba. And look, I like Bubba Watson, that charm. But he had uh, what he would call the redneck food menu. And he absolutely did. It's like, no, Bubba, you got to spring for the really good stuff here. Well, Hideki Matsuyama will not be, uh, barring some sort of uh, miraculous return, uh, a back-to-back -back champion. So we will have a new uh, Masters champion and a new menu come next year. Uh, Sunjay M is your leader at five under. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to the Masters here, but real quickly, we didn't talk about M's performance today, uh, how, how you thought he played. I mean, the back nine, couple bogeys, but then mm -hmm. he had that eagle on 13, a birdie at 15. So 35 on the back nine, 32 on the front. Uh, he'll be he'll be out there early tomorrow, yeah. 939, so the wind shouldn't be too bad there early. Uh, what are your expectations moving forward for him? Yeah, and he's a guy I play a lot, and I've actually played him earlier in the year. He didn't fire in Florida. He's usually Mr. Florida, but missed the cut at the Honda, T20 at the API down in Orlando, T55 at the Players, so never was really in contention. Best finish was T6 at Torrey Pines earlier this year, but... You know, he, he's played well here before. That was in that November Masters. It's hey, kind of like, second. yeah, it's a weird Masters, too, to kind of look at statistically because obviously it's different weather. It's a different time of year. 20 under was what won. Usually don't see a high score. I think that was the lowest score ever by Dustin Johnson. But you look right on that leaderboard. Cameron Smith, who I had that year at 125 to one, finished second, tied with Sun JM behind DJ. Five shots back, by the way. Cameron Smith, I believe, was the first guy to ever shoot four rounds in the 60s at Augusta and still lost by five to Dustin Johnson. So you see a little bit of carryover from that 2020 event. And, uh, you know, just looking at Sunjay in terms of the profile, he did lead the field for strokes gained putting. Actually, no, he was fourth today, 3.35. But strokes gained off the tee, he was third. Approach was 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 solid. He actually gained all the way around. But when a guy usually puts that well, I think that has the most invariance. So usually like on round by round basis, I will fade maybe in a matchup. But look, he's a quality player. He's not he's dropped a number twenty six in the world, but he's won a couple events, still a very young South Korean player. So would it shock me if he won? No. Am I betting it'll happen? No. All right. There you go. We'll have much more on the Masters. Uh, as the show goes on. Um hopefully uh do you have a DJ, uh, a Dustin Johnson? I do not, and I was so tempted. I was like, you know, he's peaking right now because he played so well at the match play, and really the buy sign was at the Players' Championship when he was dead out of it. You remember it was weather-delayed, yep. Monday finish, so he's two over par, so he has no chance to win this thing. Goes out and shoots a 63 on Monday, ties the course record, finishes seven under par, and DJ, he, he hasn't won in a while. He's usually Mr. Consistency. He hasn't won since the Saudi event, uh, over on the DP World Tour, uh, I believe in 2021 in January, but I don't know. Maybe it's the maybe it's the 
went wedding planning. I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, him and uh, Pauline have been engaged for about eight years or so, but the wedding is supposed to be, don't have an official date, but you're thinking later this summer, early fall. I know. Uh, Are you invited? I am not invited, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I, judging, I, I looked at those pictures on the Instagram of the bachelorette party, and boy, I sure wish I was invited to that. <laughs> It covers all angles. That's the, that's what I love. Yeah, you have to. You he have, knows everything. You have to get inside. It, it's a battle for the mind. It's a not. You know, we have a show called a numbers game. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That I use in the battle for the mind, and that's what you got to do. You got to get inside the psychology. You can't just say, okay, these are the stats or these are the trends. We got to go deep. Yeah, wedding planning. I mean, look, I, I mean, I've I've planned one. Hopefully, no more uh, in my life. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a bit of a nuisance there. So uh, hopefully, DJ for me, um, you know, he can he can pull this off. So we can we'll see. But much more on the Masters. Uh, let's just uh, get a couple NBA thoughts before we wrap up this hour. We'll talk to Sam Munson coming up top of the hour from Pro Football Focus. And then uh, I thought a very interesting quote today uh, from Mr. Kneebiter himself, Dan Campbell on Lions.com regarding what they will do at number two. We'll get to that uh, in the next hour. But we mentioned tomorrow night we got Nets taking on the Cavaliers. It's crazy. This Nets team, this uh, this stretch at home as a home favorite, mm -hmm. now 1-21 ATS as a home favorite, it's, it's remarkable. Uh, so they play the Cavs tomorrow. Cavs have been kind of reeling here down the stretch. Uh, right now Brooklyn is, uh, looks like at DraftKings, a six-and-a-half-point favorite tomorrow night against Cleveland, but with that win, they would hop Cleveland for the number seven seed, meaning right. they would be able to host uh, the play-in game, assuming they, you know, figure out with a, a win against Indianapolis. But, you know, as for these teams in the play-in situation, is there a team that, I guess, maybe outside of the Nets, because that's who everyone will point mm -hmm. to, is there a team in this play-in mix that you think poses an intriguing play? Because I remember last year, I didn't. I played them straight up, but I didn't. Coming off of that Warriors Lakers, you know, thriller. Yeah. Everybody and their mother was on the Warriors to beat the Grizzlies, and what did the Grizzlies do? Mm -hmm. They beat the Warriors. So, is there a team in this group uh, of play-in teams that that you think can sneak out of this play-in tournament, uh, or you know, if they were to get out of it, maybe cause a little ruckus? I. I don't know if they win a series once they get into the main draw, and I'm speaking of the East first, but obviously the Atlanta Hawks were in the playoffs, Eastern and they Conference do, have, a, they do have at least some pedigree, and they got Trey Young, who can get on one on a few occasions, and that could be enough, but yeah, I, I think you, you're speaking of that Cleveland-Brooklyn game tomorrow. By the way, uh, Seth Curry, his second game back after he missed a week with injury, but these are two teams I don't want any part of because Cleveland is absolutely fading. And I think we thought that they were going to. We didn't think it maybe would be this, precip this hard. precipitously. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're at the point where they could maybe be out of the uh, out of the uh, seven eight game altogether, and maybe could feasibly drop to nine. But yeah, I, I don't see anybody. And look, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I think, is overvalued. Yeah, so I, overvalued. I, I I don't I don't get the love for this team. I know that you know. You have Durant and you have Kyrie back and now the, the, the mandate is gone, so he's going to play. But I, I just haven't liked this team all year and I know they haven't been at full strength so it's like we're betting what we we're betting what we don't know it's like we're betting on the assumption that 
oh my God, this team is just going to ste- steamroll once they get healthy. And, you know, they've been together at, at least for full strength of what they're going to be because Simmons is not going to play. No, he, he's not going to be available for the rest of this year. So, you know, the Nets are what they are right now. And now they've at least had a few games with KD and Kyrie because remember when it was the big three, they had only played together like three or four times. And I believe that they had a really good record and covered numbers in those games. But now it's not a big three anymore. So, yeah, I don't like this Nets team at all. And I believe uh, the line has dropped. I think eight and a half was the global opener. There must be maybe an injury there. It's now down to six and a half because obviously Cleveland's got a lot to play for, too. So it's not like one team is motivating the other team. But obviously with the NBA, you know what you got to do. And that's why you don't see a lot of overnight lines at very many markets. You got to wait and see who is going to play. Or you got to kind of be anticipatory of who you don't think is going to go. You know, and maybe I'm going to hold this. Maybe we could expand on it a little bit more later in the show. But, you know, Milwaukee right now at DraftKings is plus 235 to win the East. Um, You know, I really like this Bucks team. Yeah, going on a limb, Tim. You like the defending world <laughs> champions. It's great. Um, but as as Kurt Heelan kind of alluded to, now they seem like they're they're getting it together. These big games, like okay, now yeah. it's winning time. Giannis is playing, you know, at another level. But here's the thing about playing them to win the Eastern Conference. There's no easy series. Assuming that it's the Nets, it's the Nets with KD. Then it might be the Celtics, you could argue, are the second-best team right yeah, now. I have them at 20-1 to 1 to win the East. And, and then I'm... whoever emerges, if it's the Heat or the Sixers, I mean, the road to the finals, usually, I mean, there's a there's a cakewalk in there. And if they end up playing the Nets in the first round, that's a war every series. They could do it. They certainly could. Um, Nets, uh, the Bucks do get a big win tonight. Don't get a cover. Winner for Mr. Uh, Reynolds over here. All right, let's talk a little NFL. Sam Munson from... PFF Pro Football Focus will join us top of the hour. It's the nightcap here on Visa. This. This.